the Grey Hat Beard podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to Grey Hat Beard show six. Uh, this week we are going to try and be Corona light. We're going to try not too much to talk about that. We're going to try and be a distraction, not cover too much about remote working and all the other great things you've been hearing about. People sharing some lovely stories we're going to try and go a little little bit of a different tack. So we're going to talk about some of the news that's coming through outside remote working uh, mostly. Uh, And then we're going to talk about you won't be able to say this, contributing to open source projects. So we're going to talk a little bit about why and uh, what the benefits of getting involved are. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, what it means, especially when we're looking at GitHub, what some of the technical terminology, uh, trying to do a user's intro to that. And uh, then going to talk, go into a bit more detail about how you can be an effective contributor and what it means to run a project uh, a little later. But in this first half, we're going to be talking about news. Before we get into that, a little bit of introduction. I am the Grey of Grey Hatbeard. My name's Kevin McDonnell. I'm a solutions architect at CPS. Been working for many, many years in the SharePoint space, uh, doing lots of bits, doing development, project management across the board. Jack of all trades, master of none, as I like to say. Uh, our hat is Al over there. And my name's Al Erdley. Um, so I work at CPS as well, and I look after Modern Workplace. Uh, lots of experience with SharePoint, Office 365, and now more and more with Dynamics and the Power Platform. And our beard is... So I'm Gary Trinder, Solutions Architect at CPS, uh, also a Dev Team Lead, uh, Office Development MVP and PNP Team Member as well. So Gary is king of the TLAs, the three-letter acronyms there. (laughs) Always useful. So we're going to kick off with a a bit of news and uh, things that are front of mind. And uh, for me this week, uh, I did say we're not going to talk about remote working, but uh, I ran my first fully remote uh, online workshop. I know many people are going to be doing this at the at the moment, uh, shared about it uh, up on LinkedIn. Uh, it, it was great, went very well. Everyone uh, working at home, uh, learned some tips from it, learned some useful things and uh, things to do, things to not to do. And I'm going to be speaking at the Collab 365 uh, Global Con 2, which is coming up, uh, I think, in July. I'll, I'll share links to that in the show notes. Uh, we'll be talking on all the things I've learned about running good workshops and how you can do them remotely. Obviously, Appropriate at the moment, but appropriate for all times. We know there's lots of global organisations out there that you can't always get people together in one room. So what's the most effective way to use Teams, to use some of the Office 365 tools to do that, which would be great to share on that. Uh, Other news that we've seen going on outside of the the virus, uh, and this is about things coming together. uh, And NPM is joining GitHub. So Microsoft effectively is buying NPM, the Node package package manager, it's where uh, a lot of the packages for the JavaScript world, it's a critical part of that, is joining the, the GitHub team. I thought it was very interesting the way the announcement was that it was GitHub uh, acquiring NPM. So they're, they're keeping that kind of brand and licensing of GitHub a, a very core part of it. So it's less about Microsoft buying them. And I think for me, the, the interesting point is that it will make sure that NPM keeps running. Uh, it's such a vital thing for JavaScript developers. I know there's alternatives such as Yarn and uh, I think it's M- NPMP, 
is the other one that I can never remember what that's called. Yeah. But it's so critical to people be able to make it easy to be a JavaScript developer, to not have to worry about those nitty gritty details, uh, to pull and manage all those things, to not get the JavaScript equivalent of DLL hell. Uh, I think it'd be very interesting to see what, uh, what GitHub and Microsoft do with that. Yeah, I think one of the things uh, that I will like to see is that NPM has kind of had a history of, um, you know, some issues with security. It's open source. Everyone used, you know, you create a, a project now and the, you get thousands upon thousands of NPM modules brought into your project. Um, GitHub are doing a lot of work on the security uh, checking of these modules. So they're now doing proactive alerts. If you've got a dependency that's out of date, GitHub are going to be, uh, you know, letting you know that that there's a, an issue there, and you should uh, should it should be highlighted and, and worked on. So it's going to be really interesting how those two things uh, start to work together um, as one ecosystem. So that can only be good for everyone, um, bringing the level of security up. Absolutely, and I, I think it'd be interesting to see if uh, SPFX gets uh, updated with that. Uh, so we get some slightly later versions and remove some of the dependencies that uh, come through on there, which I uh, often found a little bit annoying that they're not quite so up to. Um, and it was it was very GitHub news uh, this week. Uh, I, I know MVP Summit's uh, been going on, but we the, the great unwashed like Al and I don't get to hear uh, much of that information. So it was good to hear other news coming out. Uh, that GitHub for mobile is now available as well. So I think it's always been quite surprised there hasn't been anything else coming through from this but the the ability to kind of deal with issues to deal with pull requests uh, and for those who don't know what I mean by that you'll find out if you listen to the second part of the show uh, but being able to work in a mobile friendly view for that and action things when you're out on the move I think will be very useful for people yeah I've been using this for a few months it's been available on test flight on iOS so I've been part of the uh, the, the beta testing um, and it's brilliant like as being a, a maintainer just being able to jump on see if there's any people responding to issues and things and I can just you know keep the communication going um, really easily uh, it has been very good I've been using it on my iPad and on my phone as well so yeah um, it, it's it's a it's definitely a missing piece that they're now filling which is which is great and I guess it's just going to be Worth Sorry, pointing out on that, it's for managing it, isn't it, rather than actually developing. So it's yes. definitely for from the repo owner's perspective. Yeah, and even yeah. from a contribution side as well, you know, you may have raised an issue, uh, asking a question, you get a response. You know, it's instant communication again, like you do with WhatsApp and things like that. Just it makes it easier to have that uh, communication with with other contributors and maintainers um, rather than you have to be at your machine and you have to have your browser open because the world doesn't work like that anymore. <laughs> you know, it's we're a multi-device world now. Um, so not having that was was a bit of a strange gap to have, but it's good that they've identified that and, uh, you know, um, been using it. I think one of the things that I saw out of this, uh, out of the um, the metrics that came out of the beta testing, the highest used feature was reviewing pull requests. Yeah. Um, and that makes total sense. So people could just look at the code and go, yeah, gonna raise a comment and then just keep things moving. Um, rather than, you know, having to do it at machine. 
just just to your point Al, like i guess i'm just having a quick look now myself at the the app but i guess there's no reason you can't edit code on there is there um, no, you just, probably wouldn't. Just but, thinking, uh, just thinking. Of, it's it's always one of those things, isn't it? It's like writing a document. How many people are likely to write a document or put a PowerPoint yeah. presentation together on a mobile Absolutely. device? You know, reviewing it, reading it is one thing. Writing it is quite different. And I think those, you know, I always look at the phone and go, actually, I'm on a train. I can look at a document. I can read it. I wouldn't try and write it on a phone. But I have, I, I think it's a great example of sort of looking at a presentation uh, a few weeks back on the train, noticed a couple of things I wanted to change and I could change on the train. I wouldn't write a full you uh, presentation write, no. on there unless I really, yeah. really had to and was uh, absolutely panicking and lost something. Um, but you, you can. And I think it is it is the same. I just had a look. You can go in and edit files within GitHub. So say, for example, uh, three people had a repository about the etiquette of Microsoft 365 and you had a good idea on there, then you could <laughs> you could fork that uh, repository. And we'll talk about what this means. You could make some changes and submit that as a pull request. And Gary, Al or I could put that together. So. Yep. Uh, I think a good shout out for the uh, the Grey Hat Beard etiquette of Microsoft 365 is out there. We would love some more contributions. We, we've we had a couple. We've had Lorian Strantz uh, agree we can pull uh, some of his stuff in, which I'm gradually working my way through uh, integrating. Um, but yes, you can now, if you're sat on a train or stuck inside at the moment, uh, you can use your phone to to go and look at the GitHub. So uh, other news, Al, what, what have you been up to at the moment? Uh, so I know you started by saying, you know, we would be Corona light, so I'll try and be uh, light. Um, but yeah, I've been consumed with doing um, essentially trying to help our clients uh, as they communicate at the moment. So using a couple of things that Microsoft have given us, the uh, SharePoint uh, communication site that's available on the SharePoint lookbook, um, setting that up um, and just being able to demonstrate yes. what that looks like. Just, just quickly for anyone who doesn't know, what, what is the SharePoint Lookbook? So the SharePoint Lookbook is examples of how you can configure SharePoint out of the box um, using communication sites and team sites to actually deliver specific scenarios. Um, so you can then say, well, actually, I quite like one of those scenarios. And then if you have appropriate permissions in your Office 365 tenant, you can actually deploy it directly and it will be deployed um, with content as well. So if you click on that add to your tenant button that you can see on the screen, it will deploy a site that looks exactly like the image on the right hand side there. And so it's a very quick way to get up and running and get started. Um, so for clients who haven't got anything in place, um, this is quite a game changer for them to be able to do this quickly and easily. Um, and then the other part of this is um, a power app that was uh, originally developed by Slumberger, um, oh, but it has been. Where it came from. Yeah, so um, Georgia from Slumberger developed it um, back in January, and then it's been shared with Microsoft, developed by Microsoft. Um, and what this power app does is essentially it allows management of news and FAQs and things um, using a power app. So it can be accessed on a mobile device anywhere in the world. Um, all of the capabilities are free. So even the push notifications that are in there, Microsoft has made those free. So yeah, my week has very much been focusing on how we support our clients at the moment, um, 
using these basically these two free tools um, and how we can enable them to get up and running quickly and effectively to to maintain their business continuity and i think what's great about these tools is that um hopefully some people listen to this in more positive times uh, in in the future uh, and and there are all sorts of crises that happen. This isn't just a one-off. This is something that can exist there. Uh, I think we've seen the benefits uh, of using it, of getting news out to people. It helps highlight what can, what is possible. This isn't a one-off. This is something that can be used across multiple events. Yeah, uh, well. I, and I think this, these are really just trying to fill an immediate gap um, rather than, you know, they're not necessarily strategic, excuse me, strategic tools. They are filling a, a, a an immediate gap that we can resolve in a matter of hours that really helps organizations communicate at the moment yeah um, so as they start to move towards remote working um you know that's that's where we've we've really had to focus on supporting clients absolutely and and i think it, it is another great example of the sharepoint lookbook uh one thing i would say to people it does need tenant admin rights for for deploying those not. i think if not all the solutions certainly most solutions if not all uh, for those who kind of go, oh, I haven't got that, go to dev.office.com, request a developer tenant, have somewhere where you can play and and get your hands dirty with this. Dev.office.com is a great place. Then you can be a tenant admin. You can deploy and take a look at what's possible. I think the other thing about the, the lookbook, we've been using it, you know, since it was released as a design tool. Um, it's got some really great samples. So we've been using it with clients. Um, to demonstrate what SharePoint can look like. And it's it just saves so much time. You know, if you've got a, a, a scenario internally and you want to say, well, actually, this is how SharePoint could fulfill a need, find the right the right sample. You know, it can be printed out into PDF. Mm. Take that, show it to your boss, and then uh, you can hopefully persuade them that SharePoint's the right tool for communicating. And, and this isn't the old SharePoint that uh, many people no. expected. No. It's a beautiful world. Uh, Gary, you, you've had a quiet week, I believe. <laughs> Wish. Uh, yeah, it's been uh, quite a hectic week uh, because this week was the MVP Summit, which uh, was made virtual only, uh, uh, you know, due to the current climate. Um, so uh, that's been taking place this week uh, virtually in Microsoft Teams. So um, to kind of give you an understanding of how big this is, uh, there's a single team with about 3,000 people in it, um, which has channels to deliver sessions from each of the product groups within Microsoft over the period of four days. Um, and because of the time zones, these sessions are being run twice. Now, this doesn't mean that they're just recording them and then oh, you come later. No, 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 there's no recordings. So they're being run twice. Uh, so, you know, the Microsoft people, the product groups who have turned this around in two weeks uh, from an event that was going to be run in person to do this online is quite incredible, uh, to be honest. And it shows the power of, of the tool as well. Um, there were 820 sessions scheduled over four days. Now, that is a lot. Uh, you know, I was sitting in sessions and there's so, sessions and, going everywhere. But So that's 820, but they were all done twice as well. <laughs> uh, well, so no, that was the total um, uh, over okay. the four days. Um, but um, yeah, uh, 
it, it you so try you know when you go to conferences and you want to go and see multiple sessions because there's multiple tracks um yeah think of that and being even worse uh, i know some mvps who were looking at sessions and they've gone yeah i want to go to this go to this go to this ended up with 10 sessions at the same time like that's how big it was um so it, it was interesting obviously sorry go on scott's gonna say if you've ever been to ignite the, the major conference they usually have a community area where you can kind of sit back and they have like 10 different screens all streaming the sessions and then you can actually you know you can stream the the, the sound and just choose and just basically surf the sound whilst watching all of them it sounds a bit like that which is it's so, hard to take in that much information simultaneously it's hard i guess with the mp mvp something sorry um yeah everything's under nda like everything uh, every product group um, you know, is under NDA. Uh, you, you, you. If you can't see one of the sessions, uh, you can't see the others. Effectively, you miss it. Um, you know, there's, did, there's did no. Did you tend to flick? Did you tend to flick between sessions or? Well, that flicks? that was that was one of the things that it, you could do that if you were thinking, oh, I, you know, I've joined this session, it's not quite what I expected. You did have the opportunity to just, you know, virtually walk out the room and into another one. Uh, you know, it, it, it can be shared, but. Um, yeah, um, it was just interesting how the technology allowed you to do that and how Microsoft built this community as well. Um, it wasn't just all about the sessions, there was community channels in there, um, running the bigger events over live events in Microsoft Teams as well. Um, you know, using using that, again, using technology that we've all got, but just using it in a, in a different way um to uh, to run all these sessions was, was very, was very the, impressive. What was the best thing you heard there? <laughs> Damn it, nice. I thought I'd try. Oh, nice try. Nice <laughs> Tell try. You, but I would have to kill you. Uh, yeah. Um, and everybody listening. Yeah. Lips are sealed. Yes. Uh, there's what, actually. What you're going to say is. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, interesting. There's there's a uh, a blog post by another MVP, Yannick Reekmans, who managed to generate um, a whole number of ICS files so that we could actually. You know, all of the meetings are set up like Teams meetings, so they all have individual calendars. So across all those groups, how do you actually aggregate them all? Um, how do you know what's running across all these different teams? It's very difficult. So there's a blog post, actually, that Yannick has uh, has, has written, uh, and we can put the link in the show notes. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, he basically goes on about, you know, how the event was run and how he solved this problem as well about getting invites across uh, a whole team uh, for all the uh, for all the meetings that were taking place uh, and yeah Yannick thumbs up because you've saved a lot of MVPs a hell of a lot of time by doing that uh, yes uh, he definitely deserves a gold badge and <laughs> um, just related and talking about the the kind of scale I thought it was amazing to hear that uh, teams has hit 44 million daily active users uh, this week, so uh, I, I know we're not going to mention why it's it's gone up, but it's gone up by 12 million in the last week. Uh, and I know there have been a couple of issues. You know, things have been a little bit more unstable than they have in the past, but I, it's quite incredible. Really I think the, the, inter being used. the interesting question around that stat, though, is daily users. Is I would also like to know how much increased usage for yeah. each of those daily users there is, because whilst people might have been using it and going, oh well, I might have one chat going on 
they might now be spending their day doing Teams meetings. So the actual volume of usage for each of those existing individual users might have skyrocketed as well. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, now, Gary, I know you had a couple of other bits of news. Uh, I think we're running out of time, sadly. And uh, so uh, what I'm going to do is put those links in the show notes. I, I know some stuff about the graph and uh, some stuff about the PMP um, that we can share. But uh, mm -hmm. sadly, I don't think we've got time to chat about that because we need to get on to talking about contributing to open source. So we'll take a quick break in this half uh, and then go to part two.